This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. like pro wrestling <laughs> get a lot of it today we like pro wrestling too this is shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins he is chris novembrino and what was turning out to be a quiet friday chris has now turned into absolute bedlam here in the evening of of friday july 22nd absolutely jeff and i just want to say <laughs> that i am thrilled to be the new ceo of world wrestling entertainment <laughs> and under my regime, the Nove regime, I think we are going to see stark changes, drastic changes. And I promise to bring all of you, the people who I love, well, the best product I know how. Yeah, just like, don't worry. I, yes. I, 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 no, no, even better. Even better. Don't worry was but a taste. The, the Nove You're wrestling. ruling with an iron fist. That's what <laughs> you're off. Your authoritarian regime has come to life now, Chris. Yes, true novism is finally going to be realized, and all of you are going to see the prevailing wisdom. It's an exciting time, Jeffrey. We are recording this at around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard or Eastern. Yeah, it's Eastern Standard. Is it Eastern Standard or Eastern Daylight Time? One of the two. I, I know uh, yeah, we are. I believe this is Daylight. Say, 6 p.m. Yeah. Eastern. How about hot that? time? I like to call it hot time. Yeah, uh, but 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 today, Shake Them Ropes brought to you by HelloFresh. More on that later. <laughs> Speaking of fresh. When this day began, I was thinking, OK, maybe we'll talk a little bit about this Ring of Honor pay-per-view. The news coming out of that flares last match is now set, you know, t- maybe I'll throw you a softball so you can rant on Fox because Tyrus is now in the NWA main event, but no, there was, uh, and I'm just going to read all this news at once and then we'll go through it piece by piece, but triple H named executive vice president in charge of talent relations earlier this afternoon that raised some eyebrows around everywhere and went, okay, that's kind of cool. Is he going to be working under Vince? Is he going to be Vince's button man? Because the word always is that talent always blames the executive in charge of talent relations as opposed to Vince when Vince causes the firings. But then, Chris, at 4 p.m. Eastern, after the markets had closed, press release from one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. As I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I would like to thank my family for mighty, for mightily contribution or mightily contributing to our success. And I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for our generations of fans all over the world who have liked, currently like, and sometimes even love our form of sports entertainment. <laughs> Hell of a phrase. Our global audience can take comfort in knowing WWE will continue to entertain you with the same fervor, dedication, and passion as always. 
I am extremely confident in the continued success of WWE, and I have our company in the capable hands of an extraordinary group of superstars, employees, and executives, in particular, both chairwoman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and co-CEO Nick Khan. As a majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal thanks to our community and business partner shareholders and board of directors for their guidance and support through, through the years, then now forever together. It is thought, because he also sent a message to town saying he would not be at SmackDown tonight, but that he would be watching, that this also means he is backing away from creative, which leaves a vacuum. But then there's more. <laughs> so after this statement is released, one Brock Lesnar decides, screw you guys, I'm going home. He has left SmackDown two weeks before SummerSlam, the used to be number two pay-per-view in the company and being the main event for that. So Brock Lesnar has left SmackDown and gone home for now. Uh, <laughs> it was an all-hands talent meeting at 5 p.m., basically a rah-rah meeting, saying, hey, you know what? We're strong. We'll get through this together, blah, 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 just checking in, etc. But we got a job to do right now. Uh, coming from sources within the company, nobody knows who's going to be running whatever show, uh, it, you know, Raw or SmackDown on the creative side. Uh, also a rumor, I believe, hitting Fightful Select right now uh, that Kevin Dunn might not be too long for the company now either, as has been rumored for years that when, when Triple H and Stephanie or some combination thereof take over, that Kevin Dunn would probably be the first one through the door. Chris, I'm going to get your thoughts on all this right now as I check Fightful Select to see what has dropped. Yeah, I, I think Kevin Dunn in particular here needs to lose his phone real quickly. He needs to pull the JTG. The JTG? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he needs to pull the JTG because there's simply no defense of Kevin Dunn's vision of television editing and you know that there are people who disagree with it because WWE has been quietly re-editing clips over the last several years to make them more watchable to compensate for Dunn's bad live broadcasting decisions. They re-edit these moments. That is an indictment on how Dunn is capturing these moments. And, and you can go onto Twitter or Reddit and see some really interesting things. I mean, I saw, uh, we're not even a big fan of her, Nikita Lyons. There's a great example with Nikita Lyons where she's doing a spinning back fist in live. It looks great. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think she's always spot on, but that one looked great. On camera, it looked like crap. Um, I, I'm, the, the, the camera work on this show needs a complete overhaul and Kevin Dunn's not the guy, uh, it, it, the camera work is what Kevin Dunn's vision is like, like the, this is not in defiance of his vision. It's very much been a, a fulfillment of it. He's been one of the few people who's had free reign here. So I yeah. am fascinated by this because this is the last thing I said possibly so that might be the era of recency but chris i just told you that the man most responsible for professional wrestling of the past 40 years is leaving and you focused on kevin dunn 
So is that uh, now? Now I, I'm not. I'm not dragging. You well, I was. I know. I, I was picking. You. I was picking up because you tossed me as a vamp thing, right? Okay. Like, okay. Well, all right, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah. No, that's my fault then. But I yeah. also would. I also thought. Well, maybe there's a singe of cynicism there in Chris Novembrino's thought because he is the majority stakeholder, and maybe, maybe he's gonna find a way to stick around. But it, it would appear, and this is the vamp part as well. But I've. Uh, it says uh, all on air and uh, creative endeavors. He will, he will not be around. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he's toast. I, I, I mean, I, this is, it, it is unbelievably important. Um, I, I was talking to a friend earlier and I think that it, it's hard to analogize this to like anything other than like a weird, like a, the departure of a king from like a kingdom. Like wrestling has been Vince's kingdom for the last... 40 years maybe like brandon tartikoff when he left nbc yeah 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 okay okay that kind of vision you know a guy who is you know and i i view it more like a guy who has guided a television network for ages in terms of the creative output and the shows and the schedule and stuff like that but i'm, I'm here to hear your king uh, analogy so like it, it, it's he's been such a steady stabilizing force in the company mostly for ill over the last 20 years that i don't think we realize how much dynamic shift there is going to be now underneath him and this is also like such a kind of sudden departure i think a lot of us thought he was going to die on the throne that like i mean you know, yes we, we, i thought we, for certain i i mean really i thought i would be in my mid-40s and we'd be talking about how Vince decided that he needed to be at Backlash or some like B pay per view show, and you know quietly had a stroke somewhere in the middle of the show. Oh, uh, hold on, how old are you now? I, I'm not in my mid forties. I'm thirty. I know that. I wanted to do the math to see if who you'd be talking to, because I'm not sure it would have been me. <laughs> so morbid, Hawkins. So morbid. Uh, you know, I'm going to be stuck with you for the next thirty years, okay. at least. Um. So anyways, um, uh, like I, I just, I think that the, it, it really has like all these downstream impacts. Uh, I mean, now triple H taking over, um, think in hindsight, maybe Vince demobilizing triple H might not have been the most savvy long-term political decision for him. Um, I, I there's a lot of things to think about here, but, um, we are truly possibly in a brave new world, right? Yeah, I because know. Because here, here's, here's the most interesting aspect of this story from my point of view. And it's something we've talked about here on the show before when, when we've talked about uh, create, you know, what, what happens when Vince leaves. Now, Vince is still alive. And Vince is still a majority stakeholder. So Vince has a lot of power in this company still. If you can show you can make money, he's not going to care. But he's still alive. And I always thought, you know, they'd move on after he was dead. So there is still that possibility. But are we going to be trying to present the product as Vince would have wanted it? Perhaps with some, oh, I don't know, uh, under, under the table notes from the chairman as to how he would do things, et cetera, et cetera. Are we going to get the, 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 tri the Triple H, quote unquote, I watched territory wrestling slash Stephanie, I want to do different things type of product that you see on TV. And I'll tell you the other thing. NXT is going to be really interesting yeah. to watch again over the next month, right? Uh, uh, they, are they taping ahead? If, if they've already taped ahead, I guess it'd be whenever the next round of tapings is. But 
I, I mean, I think NXT will be really, really big TV. I don't, I don't know, but do you think that? Do you think they just clear out the the, uh, the Technicolor vomit and go back to black and gold, or are we going with this vision because we've we've started down this road now? I don't see why. I don't see any reason to keep the multicolored vomit era going. Um, I think. I think it adheres more to what Vince wants on the main roster, but that then again, but, that, but, that but begs that, a question. I, yeah. Right, right. I, I, that's not what Hunter wanted in NXT, and especially if Hunter's got more say on the day to day, and he was already starting to get a little bit more say down, uh, down back in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we could be seeing a a shift back to more traditional colors for NXT, which would be a real change for the positive. And depending on who gets house cleaned in all of this, I think now, and I don't know what their relationship is now, Sasha has always been a Hunter person. Um, I think Sasha Banks and Naomi end up back in the company. I think that's a strong guess, too. I think there could be some people who are on the indies right now who were let go that could be back with this company, too. I would like, not be like surprised. who? I think Gargano. Okay, sure, yeah. Um, not sure about Bray. Not sure about uh, a guy like Strowman. Oh, I don't know. You know what? Bray, I think, is actually a real strong one, right? Because he was a merchandise draw. Yes. They, they got rid of a major merch, and you still see Wyatt merchandise. Yes. If they, if they brought him back and they gave him a hot angle, a meaningful hot angle. He could be back on top. He could be back on top very quickly. I, th- I think the number of people they bring back is few and far between in terms sure. of in terms of draws because look, they've already filled out the rosters throughout, including NXT, for more people. So you don't want a bloated roster necessarily, unless you want to go to war, which is another possibility that now that quote unquote wrestling war begins that we thought about. I mean, WWE is untouchable for the most part for now because they have they have their shelf space. They have their fans. They have their television. If they, for some reason, go in a direction that ticks off the people that don't want to see it right now, which, look, they have <laughs> say what you will. I don't care for the product all that much, but they do have two million viewers a week on Fox. This is, I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting. Let's put it that way. But I'm holding my breath until I see whether or not we want to please Vince or not. That that's the whole thing, because not, none of this talk really matters unless unless it's all about um, and all unless it's all about a new directional change for this company, and they don't have to do a directional change because they're making more money than they've ever made. Right, but at the same time, you could absolutely see Vince wanting or being very receptive to the idea of a buyout, especially given where the share price is right now. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's $66 a share when it was at like $36 a share October 30th last year. Um, Not a bad time for the old man to cash out at 77. Uh, This is a real healthy bounce back from where they were. And especially in this economy, that's a very, very tidy profit that Vince would be looking to make and And have money. Especially with him saying he's leaving the company in full. It's like, okay, ready to sell now. Don't need to do anything else. Yep. 
I think this, the Brock move here is pure because it, it says it says in, in, in the Fightful Select report, and Brian Alvarez also reporting this, was that Brock was very angry and said that if Vince's if he's gone, I'm gone, or some variation of that. This is this is uh this is old carny stuff right here. I think Th- I think this is Brock saying, All right, I'm gonna leave. You gonna pay me? And that's all it is. I think this is a pure money move. I don't think he cares whether or not he wrestles his main event. But I think, no. th- but I think there's he's he's he looked at this and says I am going to have no greater leverage than right now. I'm out of here. Let's see how they react. Right, right. Because just the even the mere random threat of Brock Lesnar showing up on AEW television is going to be enough for them to give him a massive contract. Yeah. Uh, any yeah. other thoughts on this before we move on? No, no, I, I don't view Lesnar as a principled actor who who is a gas. And I also don't view him as like he's a, a mercenary. Dude. He's a pure yeah, mercenary. right. I don't I don't view him as like having like weird loyalty because maybe he's equally like impugned in this. Um, or, or like has like skeleton. I like stuff. Vince. He's a good stand up kind of guy. I wasn't saying that so much as I was saying maybe in his younger days there were certain transgressions that were looked past by Vince and he feels some weird way of like owing him one or something. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's what's going on here either. I think he pulled this with Dana White all the time. Contract hold up is, yep. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm that's exactly what it is. Uh, Tony Khan did a uh, media call in preparation or in anticipation of the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on a Saturday main event Briscoe's FTR two out of three falls banger. I'm going to call it right now. Uh, he did note that Colt Cabana would be on the show. Colt Cabana is under contract to the ROH brand now after being taken out of the dark order and pulled off AEW television for political reasons that Khan said he won't address CM punk <laughs> other names on the first roh show not mentioned for this one are bandito joe hendry cheeseburger eli isom brett titus josh woods joe hendry aqa more about her later Quan toa leona and and brian cage who are the new tully blanchard enterprises but Khan also announced that the briscoes have signed an exclusive deal with roh Dave Meltzer here talking to the Observer. That becomes interesting because the reason they haven't been on AEW TV is because Warner Brothers would not allow them due to Jay's tweets, et cetera, et cetera. But here's what I am going to say. I think a long-term deal with Ring of Honor is very, very good. And I think the status, at least from rumors and innuendo that I have heard, is that the Briscoes will not be on Warner Brothers TV for now but that they're working on something. But Briscoe's getting paid by ROH. Very happy about that. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, Look, uh, I don't endorse any of the stuff that Jay put out there back when he did. Uh, It's actually pretty horrible stuff. But at the same time, he has done the work. Yeah, I, I I mean I think I I don't I think it, it everyone's I guess line here is different kind of like watching Chris Benoit matches. I I kind of get it, but like I don't know, for me I'm fine with giving this guy a second chance and letting him work again. I mean, if he speaks highly of what he's done, I mean, he's, he, you know, I just he's not a guy who said, "Hey, look at me. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm changing." A little bit more on that in a second. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like he quietly did the work. And it's like, you know, 
I'm, I'm fine with it. I, you know, I, I end up, I mean, look, I'm also one of those people from a, a time where it's like, who cares what you think about them personally? Do you want to make money? And, and I, I tend to be that way with professional wrestling, a business with people who are unsavory characters. HBO Real Sports is contacting the victims of Vince McMahon, working on a documentary or a story for Real Sports. You've never seen any of Vince McMahon's other Real Sports appearances. This this is this is bringing receipts for HBO because the Armin Katayan one and the and the Bob Costas interviews that he did. <laughs> Vince McMahon <laughs> was just full on a hole in both of those. Like, yeah, what are you gonna do to me? HBO has seen this now. HBO, I believe, a Warner Brothers product. Intent. I, I think they're, I think they're coming from blood. I do. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think. Look, I think they're gonna be a hell of a watch. Uh, and and <laughs> Armin Katayan throwing the peace sign in front of the grave meme right here. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, he, he definitely has it coming. Um, and I, I, this is a guy who sort of unrepentantly built a brand on being an asshole and like yes. even self-describe himself as alpha, being i'm an alpha male look at me i'm an alpha uh. yeah but like didn't he, he even like i think like actually embraced like asshole as like like a brand at some point I yes yeah. i mean if, if watch the container what he was it the container one or the costas one where he literally knocks the papers out of the guy's hands i'm like dude this <laughs> i mean there's being a jerk and then there's being this kind of an a-hole and I'm just like, I, I couldn't believe watching that. Well, yeah, he embraced it as, as part of his brand. And it's like, Hey, nobody can touch me. I'm going to swag around. You know, you know, didn't he put out a shirt like that? Like, yes, yes, yes I am an asshole or something. Yes, like, I, I think like, so. that, that was literally like literally a shirt. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like he embraced it as a brand and it came out last year or something. It wasn't all that long ago. Oh yeah. That one. Yeah. No, now I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you remember like, like even, even in notable moments when he'd be in public, it'd be like when he announced the XFL, like, where's my football and all these pansy players. who <laughs> It's like, it was just too much by half. So, uh, so yeah, no, I think it's going to be very easy to find people who hate him, who have been sitting quietly inside the company, especially these last five or six years going like, I just got to wait this out. Who'll be all too happy to spill the beans. Um, I, I know people personally who are not shedding any tears today <laughs> over this news who uh, have their careers directly affected by it. Um, I, I just, I don't think that those people are going to be, are going to be the people, but I, it just sort of is evidence to me that like, now there's no loyalty to this guy. No, it's not like, oh, what a great man he's been or whatever. I, mm -mm, mm -mm. Um, at best people think that like, you know, WWE has been an okay company to work for in certain cases up until this most recent, like fluxy period. It, it, it's, it's not, there's going to be a lot of people who are willing to talk, especially if the money's right. Vince stepping away there's some interesting I'm wondering how a couple of people who decided today that they were going to step away from wrestling how they're feeling right now as well one being the aforementioned AQA who was signed to a deal with AEW hasn't really been used but said she was going to step away from pro wrestling said for the past few years it has not been good for her but she kept pushing on because she didn't want to be viewed as weak where would you get that thing from she said during the time away, she tried to figure out what path her life was to take. She thanked all the fans, promoters who booked her and her trainers. So I'm wondering if she is still going to show up on this aforementioned ROH show. 
but that's kind of sick. And I always, I mean, you and I are both fans of her. So, you know, that, that's, uh, that's a bit disappointing. It is a bit disappointing. One. Yeah. The other no. one is uh, Biff Busick saying he's taking away some time from the ring to uh, see what he wants to do. Biff's been a veteran. So, I mean, this is about that time where you go, okay, what was it all for? Is that it? Do I want to, do I want to rebuild and push myself to another place? Or do and make a run of it on the indies, et cetera, et cetera. Or do I want to go do something else? He's kind of at that age right now. He's a guy who turned me. I was not the biggest fan of Biff Music on the indies. I thought, okay, scrawny little guy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then as I watched him more and more in NXT, especially as well, with, with especially the, uh, once he found Danny Birch, like Danny Birch, I was gonna say Martin two. Stone, but yes, that, yeah. that tag team, that tag team was much better than it had any right to be. And and the match with uh Mustache Mountain, fantastic match that they did. I mean, they, they were, they, and he became legit tough, bruising guy that you want to watch him do violent, mean things. I had suggested possibly he be a, become a member of the Blackpool Combat Club, but uh, let's say AEW has enough people for now. But yeah, I'm hoping he comes back eventually. Yeah, me too. I actually, I, I would love to see the uh, Birch and Lorkin or, you know, Busick and Stone team reunited and have like a little mini feud with FTR. Um, I, I think they, they those guys would have great chemistry. Um, I Yeah, no, I I think one thing that works in favor of Biff Busick is that like he was only known as Oni Lorkin yeah. inside of the WWE system. So a repackage of this guy is still possible because his name was so forgettable. Uh, and he also has a look that will basically be the same until he's about 50. So it's not, I mean, so long as yeah, he's body- one of those guys, like a character actor who gets a role like 28, but he's bald already. Yeah. He looks a little grizzled, but he looks the same for about 30 years. Right. Right. At 52, he'll look ostensibly the same. Yeah. Like, like uh, Jason Alexander was a bit like that. Uh, Steve Austin Steve is kind of like, Ed, yeah, Ed right. Louder, the, the old character actor who, who passed away. He, he looked that way for about 60 years. I didn't realize he was that old when he passed away. But if you, if you, if you Google Ed Louder, you'll know who I'm talking about. L-A-U-T-E-R. But uh, yeah, he's one yeah. of those guys. He never, yeah. Who never ages, but gets the same roles for the same age over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and then another uh, release today, uh, Jake Atlas has announced that he completed inpatient rehab. Um, said what it was consisting of an individual outpatient therapy thereafter. He's working to make his life better. Uh, quote, I believe in second chances. I believe in redemption. In turn, I believe in personal growth. Express my gratitude to those who have reached out to me, et cetera, et cetera. This goes back to me and, and, and the Briscoes thing. Um you know, I, uh, it's one of those things where we'll see who gets forgiven and who doesn't, you know, but we also have to wait and see what Jake does uh, after this. Yeah. Uh, let, uh, let's, let's wait and see let's give um, some time. No, no but the, yeah. but the one line that stuck out to me from that statement that I, I found troubling and certainly would be a roadblock for me is I did some things that I'm not 100% proud of. Yeah. Uh, uh, that is really really that's, really that's some playing people did down. some things yes. type of, type it's, of, it's uh, uh new york times passive voice sort of yes. work here yeah yeah um or, or like i'm sorry you feel that way yes, sort that's, of a, apology. that's a pr that's a pr firm type of thing it's like hey I, well although he did say uh i wish the only clarity i wish to provide specifically about what circulated online is this the relationship is not abusive in any way shape or form and this event is certainly not a reflection of my character 
So he is kind of owning up to it, but still, yeah, it felt like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is based off of what we've heard so far, I don't know that his word alone is enough for me to believe that the relationship isn't abusive. Yeah, we're not uh, the yeah, arbiters you know, yeah, of these it, things. I'm, either, I'm not yeah. the arbiters of these things, but I'm just saying it's like, a, like especially if the, let's, let's put it this way, like in more neutral terms, someone is accused of abuse and that person goes, oh no, there's no abuse going on here. Are you satisfied that there is no abuse going on here? Yeah, if, if I, I am not, I would not be. Yeah, and this is and this is also the hey, fresh out of rehab, I did it, everybody. Well, okay, let's see if it takes. You know that. Sure, sure. <laughs> that, that for me is always the thing. It's like, hey, which rehab ready to work now? It's like, well, hold on here. <laughs> if the if your path that took brought you here, <laughs> let's not necessarily get you on the path just yet. Okay, let let's take some time here. Let's make sure everything's cool. Let's make sure, you know, any stimuli that might be affected in any way that, uh, you know, that, 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 that the, uh, uh, that the urge yeah, let's, to do let's such call things. it the Jeff Hardy rule that yes, like, we want to be 100% convinced that you've actually got your problems in the rearview mirror before we think it's a good idea for you to come back to work. AEW this week, 910,000 for the barbed wire everywhere shark cage match, which I'm sure we were going to get to in the lazy river. No point three, two. So not quite yet over a million back to over a million yet, but uh, rumors are that Kenny Omega might be uh, ready to come back. And they're hoping that the uh, other stars such as Brian Danielson and CM Punk will be ready for Labor Day. Chris, that continue that <laughs> continues. That concludes the news section. Tell us about HelloFresh. Jeffrey, HelloFresh is a thing where you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Choose from 55 plus weekly options that's over 55 that's not for people over 55 like jeff this is this is (laughs) random burials during the anime (laughs) choose from over 55 weekly options that's more weeks than there are in a year jeffrey featuring pre-portioned high quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness peak ripeness tippy top hello fresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week that's right there's no markets in between the farm and your door and no farmers standing in the way of you getting that produce so that you can savor the summer flavors right from home where hopefully your air conditioning is working properly you can select meals from the taste of summer series Look outside, put your hand to the window. It's burning. That is the feeling of summer, but you could have the taste of it. Um, They are sure to become your favorites, like Old Bay Shrimp, which sounds delicious. If you've never had Old Bay seasoning, I think you'll dig it. Um, Real cool on shrimp, cool on other things. Oh, it's a shrimp and sausage boil. That's that's, that's gonna be good. And that's, that's, fam- that's, 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 that's good. You've never had a shrimp boil, kids. That stuff's tasty. No, I know, but with the sausage with the old bay too. Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. They, they do. No, that. no, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm down, and, and we've had their sausage. Their sausage is good. Mm-hmm. Um, they have family style grilled steak lettuce wraps. You can bust out on the grill. 
uh, on a nice warm evening. Yeah, no, not going to be doing that here in Texas anytime soon. We'll, we'll be using the skillet. Uh, but I'll be using the skillet to be making melty Monterey Jack burgers, which also sounds good. So you can spend less time in the grocery store where it's air-conditioned and more time soaking up the summer sun. Uh hell of a deal hello fresh market is the one-stop shop for all your mealtime needs with quick breakfasts lunches snacks desserts and more so check it out um we've tried hello fresh it really is great um it's a nice way to try new things um new products that you wouldn't do try and make new recipes you haven't had great way to get creative and launch your own ideas off of it and especially if you are cooking for multiple people and you know, you've got a time budget. You want to get stuff done in under an hour. HelloFresh does offer family-friendly options. And, like, that allows you to get it all done and, and not have to stress so much. If you want to try it out, and I think it's worth it, go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16. That's VOW16. Use the code V-O-W-16, VOW16, if you will, um, for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Oh, like seven boxes from HelloFresh. I got you. I got you. 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts by using the code VOW16 when you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. So go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 so that you can get America's number one meal kit. Yeah, that shrimp boil slash crab leg boil. Get those. You put some andouille sausage in there. You put some corn on the cob in there. You just spread out newspapers on a picnic table and you just drain it and dump it all in there, man. It's great. Love it. I, I, I especially the, uh, like the, the like marinara sauce and that sort of thing was a really good deal. Um, uh, and yeah, it just, it made a lot of portions. I, I, I dug it. <laughs> all right. The lazy river of wrestling criticism is now open. Whatever we watched this week, whatever thoughts we had from any news that didn't make the cut on the news section, whatever Chris wants to talk about within wrestling, maybe he watched some more Eric Watts this week, who knows, but uh, we will talk about that right now. My original starting point was going to be the Titus O'Neil weird, this is a safe space place. No, I, let's absolutely talk about what that. What in the hell was that, Chris? That, like like other segments here in the final four weeks of Vince's regnum, they can really only be understood by using extra textual analysis. Like, watching Raw on its own doesn't help contextualize it. You have to understand that Vince is losing everything and like Titus coming out there the way I read this was basically like a weird Vince proxy in particular when he pivoted into the we never got into politics which really beggars belief when you have like a long-standing relationship with the 45th president you were running an angle involving Vladimir Putin with Rusev um I could keep going how about when you had Sergeant Slaughter defect uh at, at the height of the first Gulf War specifically Specifically to cash in on Gulf War anti-Iraqi sentiment uh, to push that as your WrestleMania main event. This has always been a company that has been political. Uh, we could get into the mid-90s when they were going very heavily against censorship um, and, and sort of like any sort of congressional attempts to censor the show. Uh, like, they had that, a Bill Clinton impersonator. That's right. Uh, and they also had that Rosie O'Donnell versus... Uh, who was it? It was it with Rosie O'Donnell versus Donald Trump match 
uh, like you're not like the impersonators. Remember, it was oh, like yeah. Actually, yeah, it was like impersonator. I mean, like they have. I you we could keep going. We could well, keep no, going. But even on a more personal level, Titus O'Neil was suspended from this company for grabbing the guy's arm once. Right. Right. So <laughs> so like having yeah right. I know having Titus be the guy who has to come out there and be the Vince proxy, and we're we're trading on the fact that he's always in the magazines as Dad of the Year or whatever. Um. And, and even this whole thing of we need more goodwill right now, it really read as a we need more goodwill towards Vince McMahon sort of thing right now. Um, and the like the whole idea of the show being a safe space, it's the show's a safe space for Vince McMahon. <laughs> I, that, I thought that was the giant subtext of this. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, I very much, I was hearing Vince as I was listening to Titus. Nope, I'll, uh, I'll defer to you on your first point that you want to make. Um, okay. Uh, you want to talk about glutton butts here? Uh, the barbed wire match. Oh, what a mess. Right. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, for those of you who don't know, I do a show, uh, after dynamite called of all things, the dynamite show on fight game media, uh, patreon.com slash fight game media, five bucks a month, hot takes there. So these might be things I've already said, uh, in, in, in the past, I am now at the point where barbed wire is not special for me and it's almost turnoff for me. And trust me, as a kid of the eighties, the barbed wire match was exciting for me as a, as, as a college student in the nineties and getting to see things like FMW and cactus Jack, Terry funk, King of the death match finals and things like that. I loved barbed wire. I hated this match, Chris, in a lot of ways. I just... Oh, I know. It was, it was so plotting. Like, it was it, plotting. It was gross. It looked like they were trying not to hurt each other um, because barbed wire hurts. Yeah. If you, don't, if you don't gimmick it, like put, I don't know, candle wax on the ends of things and other little tricks that they did like during the Omega match at times. Um, I just... It, it was obviously two guys who did not want to be around barbed wire being in barbed wire. And here's the other thing, much like children and animals working with props doesn't always work, especially things like barbed wire that can actually hurt you when you're doing it. So when you're planning to do all these fancy spots, okay, first I'm going to throw you through the barbed wire here, and then I'm going to do this thing to the barbed wire there. Yeah. Well, what happens if you get really, really hurt and cut up on that first set of barbed wire? Yeah, or you're like really tangled into the barbed yes. wire. How are we going to vamp for several minutes so that we can safely extract you from the barbed wire? It's, I, I, I mean, <laughs> they they didn't want to go off the ropes. They didn't want to run around. They didn't really want to do suplexes. There was so much barbed wire, ev- the whole barbed wire everywhere thing. It's so dumb because there needs to be spaces that are relatively safe so that action can still occur with some degree of pace. And instead, you had Jericho. Every part that involved Jericho and Kingston stunk. And I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me otherwise. You needed all the other characters here to make this even a remotely passable experience. And therein is my other complaint about this. And this is a problem with AEW as a whole. It's a problem with professional wrestling as a whole. We give you the stipulation for the match. And then we try and figure out every way we can where the stipulation doesn't really matter in the match. We have blood and guts where we're bringing in all sorts of weapons. 
slash war games. We have dog collar matches that involve chairs and other weapons and things like that. We have cage matches where people are escaping the cage and climbing to the top. That is so Russo. I went and the shark cage came down. I was like, no, the, the, Vince, Vince Russo would be smiling right now, but like that's you've completely defeated the purpose here. Right. The cage it, has it, to stay up. It's like the thing that would be punk rock right now is if you did a stipulation match and the stipulation was the only thing involved in the match. No thumbtacks, no broken glass, no kendo sticks, no chairs, unless it was a kendo sticks or chairs match. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I just, it's like, well, it's a no DQ cage match. So of course you're gonna have 20 people from the guy's stable coming in and trying to, I'm like, the, the, Everybody and everybody always complains about my old school mentality, but you know, when you had a cage match back in the day, it was one on one, and that was the end of the feud afterwards, and you'd move on to something else. And that's the worst part about the way this is booked, right? Like, this once you start getting the we can escape from the shark cage thing, Anna Jay's also going to turn heel, this thing's going to happen, that thing's going to happen. This feud continues, and this feud stinks, and it needed to be over. Uh, like this should have been conclusive, but when you have people escaping from the stipulations, it just begs the feud to continue. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you, like like especially barbed wire. It makes barbed wire feel really unspecial. Why? Because we know Kingston and Jericho are going to square off again, and that act alone is going to make this match not conclusive. Um, I don't even need to go into the missed backhand anymore, but like that whole, <laughs> that whole sequence stunk, right? Well, not, like, o- not only do we have barbed wire, but now we have razor wire too. I'm like, well, it's a barbed wire match. We don't need to, <laughs> we don't, and these guys have cut themselves up enough, but now we're going to use the actual razor wire. And then you just see Eddie's disgust as he throws Jericho into that thing. And Jericho's Jericho sliced his leg. On that, I mean, you see his pants and stuff, but but Eddie's just so pissed about how this match is going and so forth that he can't hide it either. I mean, it was just, it was it was all for nothing. It really was. I mean, it was all for a main event angle on weekly TV. That's, that's the craziest part. A, a non-conclusive main event angle on on TV to plug Shark Week on Discovery. That's that's all this was, and it's just. Well, well, okay. At least we kept Chompy looking strong. <laughs> yes, that was Chris. Chris getting to the point of the st- of what really matters. We we got him over. He looks strong coming yes. out of the show. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a detour. I'll come back to AEW eventually. But it was something okay. I mentioned before. Um. It's an interesting thing, and I think it's gotten a lot of crap from people. Mostly because everybody knows it's a work and everybody's complaining about, but the NWA won Billy Corgan for their pay-per-view has replaced Nick Aldis in the title match against Trevor Murdoch with Tyrus, who I believe is their TV champion. I don't watch NWA much anymore. It's kind of fallen off my radar, but of course they're playing up all these things. Now, those of you who don't follow Titus or, or Tyrus, former guest of Shake Them Ropes, by the way, uh, he does a podcast on Fox Network and he is a regular part of Greg Gutfeld's show on uh, on Fox News. I tend to think this is a pretty smart move from a business point of view, from a small company that needs all the viewers it can get. 
if AEW only gets a tenth of its regular watchers buying these pay-per-views and Tyrus can somehow get some eyeballs because they like him on this show and, hey, maybe we'll check him out on this one. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world, Chris, to try this just once on this point of the thing because Tyrus doesn't have a lot of shelf life. Let's face it, he's a little older. He's not the best worker in the world, et cetera, et cetera. This is as, I mean, Gutfeld's show is one of the top shows on cable. Why not try this? What, what, what am I missing here? Why people are so angry other than the fact that Tyrus is on Fox. So, um, I mean, I think that that is a non-negligible part of it, right? Like uh, when they have done polling on wrestling fans in the past, they have t- tended to trend left of center, um, like not not like as far left as like other sports or whatever, but like I, from what I've ever seen, slightly left of center. Um, I, now, to your point, I think that there is a, a sound business argument that bringing in a guy who is on the highest rated or a highly rated uh, cable television news discussion show um, and has a podcast on Fox, he has a built-in audience, he can bring them in. I guess my, my only thought is you got to be careful of one, turning off people, and two, uh, you know, you, you you choose who your audience is. I mean, he's, right? he's been a he's been a part of the NWA for a while. Though. No, no, so I, like- I I I get that, and I mean, it's all going to be in presentation. So long as he's basically the type of character I've ever seen on, and like, which again, it's been a minute since I've watched NWA too. But I remember I saw him. He's just like, like you know, uh, kind of actually, he's a bad guy. Um, yeah, he's but, a monster yeah. heel. That's but he's he not. Is. Yeah, he's not like he hasn't been like working as like I'm anti woke or whatever. No, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, so no, like, no. like I mean, I, you know. We know Corgan's weird thoughts on the world as well, too. So, uh, you know, I, I'm my intent is slightly up for maybe a weirdly political shift for NWA. But provided that doesn't happen, I think it's I think it's a worthwhile gambit, um, but not without some risks. OK, your move. Um. OK, let's talk about Christian. Um. I keep waiting for the Christian stuff to be good. I have I. I, I <laughs> I cut him a lot of slack here. Um, This week um, was not great. So you have Christian (laughs) come out. Uh, I do like the worked everyone uh, twist to the outworked everyone thing. That's fine. Here comes Luchasaurus. And they defeat Varsity Blondes in what is supposed to be another enhancement match for the newly made heel Luchasaurus to get over the idea that there's now this tag team with Christian and Luchasaurus where Christian's going to come out, not do any work at all, and have Luchasaurus basically just devastate like goober after goober, um, which needs to happen probably for upwards of a month. Well, after the match, out comes Jungle Boy with a chair. He squares off with Luchasaurus, and like this should be the moment, right? Like, we... Jack needs to be so angry that he just lays out Luchasaurus. And the Luchasaurus betrayal has been complete. Um, And instead, Luchasaurus walks to the side, apparently already disgusted seeing how things are going to go with Christian in this one enhancement match. And now we have just Jack and Christian. And, like, my takeaway was, oh, wow, we're basically de-pushing Luchasaurus. Because now he's babyface again. Gone are these two-on-one 
squash matches to get this over dude over as a monster. He's back to being Jack's buddy. This whole thing was a waste of time. Totally. That's, 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 that's what I'm I'm doing. Number one, Christian needs to come out with the turtleneck. If he's not working in the match, just stand on the apron in in, in the gear because that's heel gear. Number two, there's no absolutely no reason for this whole thing to have been a swerve for Luchasaurus after getting him over as a heel for the past two weeks, unless we're making it the whole thing where he had oh he had a moment of weakness recognizing Jungle Boy and stepped aside. I mean, the only way they can reclaim this is if Luchasaurus, who has a master's degree, I believe in. I want to say it's in religious studies, but don't quote me on that. I don't know what he has his master, but he comes out and he pulls a Bachwinkle promo where it's just all this long and, and he's not the dumb monster, but he's the smart genius master student or master's degree holder underneath a dinosaur costume. That is the only way for me to, to rectify this entire thing. Not being just a total three week waste of time while jungle boy had a vacation. That's yeah, all this was. And, and where I think this is going is next week, Luchasaurus is going to turn on him again. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking yep. they bail. I'm thinking yep. they bail on this, and he turns yep. on him. Yep. Uh, it was a I, double swerve. You see, he let him go after Christian as a ruse, and then when he got Jungle Boy's attention, he... <laughs> that's, that's some Let's Paul just see White how stuff. it plays out. Shut up, Kenny. Shut is, up. You're always is, wrong. That is some Paul White crap, but I will bring up something that was awesome on Dynamite, and I loved it. And I was just like, I was, I, I started doing the Joe Lanza pacing in my living room. I loved it so much. It's everything I have wanted and more. Brody King was the killer I've always wanted him to be. Oh my God. I, look, in today's day and age, and they did this with Brody Lee a little bit and stuff like the big guy who does, you know, fantastic aerial dives and moves and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I was a huge headhunters fan as, as, as a younger man, I loved watching fat guys do moonsaults. I love a, me a good fat guy. Moonsault. It's a great thing. Brody Lee came out, killed this fool. Darby Allen. I loved it. This was Vader sting. This is the Vader sting corollary. We we've wanted with big guys for so long, except Darby Allen, not nearly as big and jacked as sting. Oh, I wonder if, Sting and Darby maybe talked about that a little bit backstage. I think so, possibly. Yeah, I, I hadn't hadn't really connected the dots. <laughs> the now you, but like, yeah, what 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 if they're basically kind of like, let's riff a little bit on Vader Sting, where where we got Vader over because he basically, you know, seventy thirty Sting in a decisive oh, round. And this wasn't even seventy thirty. This was eighty twenty, perhaps even ninety ten. And sometimes you weren't even sure if. Darby was selling because that first bump against the uh, against the uh, guardrails where he lands on his head, he is checking for blood on that thing, or if he broke his neck. There was a move I forgot what he was doing, but well, it looked like he was gonna do like an aerial like clothesline or something, and Brody just punches him in the face. I was like, that is the greatest move I have ever seen, and to the point where that feels like a Vader move. I, yeah. I, I feel I feel like we probably could find a Vader core. Where commentary right was saying both ex, uh, Taz and Tony were putting over. It doesn't look like he wants to win the match. It just looks like he wants to hurt him. Yes. That's what I want out of some of my heels out of the tech, the Jonathan Gresham heel stuff on Friday's rampage was fantastic. I thought, and I've never been that big of a Jonathan Gresham fan. I, of course, am far more interested in him with Tully Blanchard right now, but he came out there like a heel who wanted to break it like an Anderson who wanted to break a guy's knee or 
or, you know, pull an arm out of the socket or whatever. Brody King came out there as a giant, big, tough killer guy who killed a guy. And I loved every moment of it, Chris. Yeah, I, I just thought that this was really successful in doing something that's relatively hard, which is establishing another guy in a faction who is essentially co-alpha. Because uh, I now look at Black and King basically as, you know, more or less evenly planed. Uh, if anything, King's been getting more of the shine here in recent weeks. And, and this victory and the way it was done really solidifies this dude as a singles presence and may, and I thought did a great job building the house of black as something beyond just merely Malachi black. And I thought even the aftermath was fantastic because number one sting comes out and he gets Brody in the scorpion death drop and the lights go out and you hear him drop him anyways. And I was like, thank God stupid baby face sting is not here. And Tony and Taz were commenting on it. Sounds like <laughs> Taz even going, sounds like he, uh, what was he using? Uh, it sounds like he bumped him. Yeah, it sounds like he did. The visual with the lights come back on of Sting and Malachi Black face to face was perfect. And then Miro, the horn comes out. Miro coming out of the heel tunnel because he is still a heel, quote unquote, with the sunglasses, still has a little bit of black in the eye, but he does nothing but kind of stand there and assesses the situation. Was a very nice tease because. Look, I, I think there's a small, minuscule chance that with Buddy Murphy, I believe Buddy Murphy is taking some time off to take care of his girlfriend, Rhea Ripley, right now. There's a small chance Miro may join the House of Black. But if he turns babyface, that crowd is going to erupt. And, and I'm the Miro Brody King match is going to be white hot. Whew. They that have is a got me match. That's right. No, they've spot, gotten baby. they've gotten Brody really established as this monster. Babyface Miro is going to have the crowd in the palm of his hands, and that match will be white hot. Right. Your turn, sir. Um, okay. Uh let me see. You know, I Ricky Starks versus Cole Carter was a really interesting interaction just because it, it was a reminder of how over Starks is. This crowd loves him. Uh, I mean, it, 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 this was everything this match needed to be. I thought, like, it was a nice, you know, uh, like a trap game sort of match where, like, you, you just don't take this guy seriously and and he kind of surprised you a little bit. You, you win, but, like... It, I, I liked the way this whole match like played out. I enjoyed Starks. It got match. a lot of internet pundit types. I know Dave Meltzer was a little bit upset by, and maybe upset's too strong of a word, but he was at least a little concerned at uh, the fact that Cole Carter, the former Troy two dimes Donovan on NXT, was here a week after failing a drug test and getting released by NXT. But I viewed it this way. Uh, if you go back into Pro Fight DB and you look at the, the list of matches during the at least the pandemic era or the latter day pandemic era when they're just doing shows in, in maybe one location, maybe two. Cole Carter was all over those shows on dark doing jobs for people and, and things like that. And he was not under contract, but they liked him a lot from what I have heard or read in other places. And WWE came in with a contract and signed him away. 
I think this was a make good by Tony saying, hey, I screwed up. I'm going to sign you. I'm going to put you on our main show. You're going to lose. And then you're going to go away for a while and you're going to get more training. And then when you're ready, we're going to bring you back here. But I'm not letting you go back because you remember when he got cut, they were saying, oh, well, maybe in a year we'll take a look at you again. I think Tony, Tony just decided to wrap this kid up, give him a kind of a high profile loss on TV and then and then say, hey, mea culpa, my fault for not signing you in the first place. There's something there with them. There's something there. OK, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. how. I don't much know. For, I don't know for a fact either. I'm just speculating. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm saying no with Carter. Right. There's something there with them. I don't know how much. Yeah, um, but he has but a like, good look. He's a good look. He has a good, he has a good look. The drop kick looks good. I, I always tend to size people up by their drop kick. Um, who's your favorite drop kick? Ooh, who's my favorite drop kick? Um, okay, so it's it, it's tricky because it's like, of course, a few different types of drop kicks. So we're sort of like yes. thinking. I, I guess we'd be talking about like the one where you throw the legs and then you sort of like curve off to a side because like. Yes. I, I'm more of like a fan of the Owen Hart style, like on your backdrop kick. I always think that one looks coolest. Um, but in terms of just great drop kicks, hmm. Because I have one that's kind of surprising. I, who, I really who, like who Lance got? Lance Storms. Drop oh, kick. Lance Storms a great one. No, he's a great drop kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a great drop kick. Um, I do like when fat guys or big guys or guys I don't like. Uh, Tully Blanchard has a sneaky had a sneaky good drop kick. I was gonna say Steamboat. Steamboat. Steamboat had in. a good one. Yeah, yeah. Arn Anderson would occasionally pull it out, and you'd be shocked by it because he never left his feet. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I, I enjoy good. Brad Armstrong drop. had a very good one too. Brad Armstrong oh. definitely had a good one. Um, and then of course, like Muda had really neat drop kick variations, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like, and he actually did do that kind of like what we would what we were talking about the break to the side sort of drop kick he did that and that looked real cool too uh i am gonna give a shout out to somebody that we normally never even talk about and and that is uh from the depths of because i watched all aew this week i watched the dark and the dark elevations and whatnot fuego del sol now you might be asking well jeff why are you why are you putting over fuego del sol of all people i'm like go back and watch i believe it was dark this promo he cut now, was it an all-time promo? No. By no means is it one of the great promos in, in AEW history or even wrestling history in any ways. But there was a thing from my youth where they would put, look, you used to have to go on, cut 30 to 45 seconds of a promo to quote-unquote get yourself over. And for the most part, these promos ended up being scream fests a lot of times. Guys were yelling because they wanted to show some fire out there. Dan Spivey has a great one of those uh, that, that I'll try to dig up here where, that I found uh, with ba- jazz backing music on it where he's just <laughs> got one minute to get himself over. And Is, and, is this Waylon Mercy Dan Spivey? No, or is this no. This, Spivey? Is, this is like Spivey Spivey. Like Varsity uh, Club Spivey or before? Before, like almost okay. like Skyscrapers era. and Okay, Skyscrapers. It was So it was post-Starship Eagle, but but yes three okay yeah and, and he he's like back in wcw so it's like that okay. it wouldn't yeah oh it, this it, is it, that era yeah yeah okay. yeah now I'm, I know it, it, yeah like where, the where they put him up against sting or luger occasionally and do yes. that yeah okay. yes um and he realizes at the 42nd mark that he still has 20 more seconds to go <laughs> it, it's great no I, i'll think well, i was you. thinking i was thinking kind of in the style of of say for from my era the the pez watley sam houston even Manny Fernandez, 
type of promo. Let me tell you something, you know, that kind of thing. This is the type of promo Fuego was doing. And I'm proud of that because I want guys to do promos to try and get themselves over. And the best thing to do that is to show some emotion. And he was showing some emotion here. He wasn't doing a comedy skit or anything. He was cutting a promo on QT Marshall, which was the uh, main event of that show. And, and I was like, I was because t- he had one on, on social media as well. And I was taken aback. I'm like, this guy is really trying. And I am here for guys who try. Same with the other, my favorite promo of the week, obviously, Dax Harwood on AEW. Because that, you know, it was passion. It was great. It was the promo of his life. He is having a monster, monster year. It was phenomenal. And I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll drop this little nugget in here. If FTR, if and when they ever go heel, I want him to come out and say, I made all that up. That's because that would be great. But no, this promo came from real life and it was absolutely spectacular. So uh, kudos to both of those guys. Oh, God, it, it was fantastic. I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl. I, yes. I mean, it, no, it was great. It was, it was so and I, good. I thought for a moment because of the way they were pacing it, because you never, you never mention people on TV if they're not going to show up. I thought the Briscoes were showing up here. I bought in. I thought for a moment they would. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was really, really good. Uh, I, they just continue to get better and better at connecting with the audience and, and in a way they that doesn't oddly over baby faces for me because i always yes. do that they're 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 such a heel type of team because of their look and their the way they work and things like that but there's it's one of those horsemen as baby faces in the carolinas type thing where you know the the more the more heel they were the more over they get because people liked that kind of thing so I think also they found something with like the family guys thing. Like, like, yeah, they, they like winning and stuff, but they like winning because winning's how they provide for their family. They like I'm being a top over guy. that, to be honest with you. But that's Are you really? Me. I'm a little over that every week. I do this for my daughter. It's like, okay. I don't, okay. They don't need to keep hitting it over the head. Yeah, I mean, they're hitting like, it over like, the head of it. No, no. Right. But like as a, you, you, we've now established that as their general vibe. And I think that's plenty. And let, um, and, let me, and let me bring this up as well. The, 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 the Briscoes promo that they cut today on tape. It's, I, I did. Re- I've never caught on to this, this fact, but, but, but Mark Briscoe always eats something during a promo in some ways. And t- today in the middle of Jay, just getting angry. Mark just grabs a piece of cheesecake. That's in a, that's in a plastic tin starts eating it on camera. I'm like, that's, that's what I love. It's like the Briscoes have that nice dynamic of Jay's probably going to murder somebody someday. And, and, and Mark is just kind of goofy, uh, dangerous. The, the, the FTR guys are, are kind of, Hey, we're matter of fact, guys, we're doing this for our family and for the money, blah, blah, blah. Fight forever and promo forever from both these teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I, I'm into it. I, I mean, I, I just, what I don't want the few to get into is like, well, they start, the Briscoes start cutting promos on Dax's daughter or whatever. Like, yeah. Like I, yeah. That'd I, be I, a I little mean, cheap. It'd be a little cheap. I think it's just lazy. Uh, yeah. Cheap and lazy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I loved this promo. I thought, it was, I thought it was great. Uh, Jade Cargill and Kiera Hogan <laughs> defeated Athena and Willow Nightingale. <laughs> Uh, I think it is very clever that they have found someone to uh, uh, draw the attention from Jade Cargill with uh, and Kira Hogan. And uh, I was captivated at the missed Hurricane Rana powerbomb spot thing 
that happened between her and <laughs> Athena that seemed to go on for what was an eternity. Um, like I, the work, I she's got the look, but the work isn't there with Kira Hogan. I don't, um, yeah, I don't think Kira Hogan's very good, but that's yeah, me. Personally. She's got the look with the work. I didn't think there. she was good in TNA either. I saw her signing as kind of odd, to be honest, or not TNA, but Impact. When she got signed by AEW, I was like, okay, fine. Um, it leads to a larger problem, though, not Kira Hogan particularly. But uh, past few weeks, Chris, if you turned on, uh, if you turned on AEW, you looked at your watch and it was nine twenty Eastern, six twenty Pacific. You could go away for 20, 25 minutes because this is the women's portion of the show and it's bad. It's very bad. And it's not the fall of the women necessarily either. But no, I mean, these, these angles are stinky. These angles stink. Yes. Uh, we had another Chris Statlander, Athena and Willow Nightingale's chemistry backstage is, is bad. What was that? What are we doing with making both? What are we doing? Baby facing Jade Cargill, even though she's in Atlanta. Did we not learn anything from the Britt Baker in Pittsburgh debacle that then ended up killing red velvet in any way as a baby face, but they've been doing this with a lot of people. And was pointed out to me, they do this with the men too. They do this with Ricky Starks in new Orleans. They do, you know, MJF in long Island is of course the t- part they get right, but they move away from it because MJF can go heal himself in every single other city in America. And he also baby faces in a way that is heelish in that yes. city. And that's like what a Stark yes, should the, do. The, the, the insincere baby face. I just love all you guys in Long Island type of thing. Or, yeah. or even like, I love Long Island, but I hate everywhere else. You know, yeah. like I love New Orleans because everywhere else in the country sucks is yes. enough to do basically local baby facing while still retaining heel status. But here we have Jermaine Dupree coming out with Jade. We have her saying, my family's in the audience. And then we just absolutely kill Athena and Willow Nightingale. Why is this not a squash match against two people we don't care about? And because like, who cares less The idea about these, that the Jade streak needs to extend into the tag realms is a absolute creative cul-de-sac. She, she should be undefeated in singles matches, sure. But, like, you have Kira Hogan there specifically to eat pinfalls. That's her job. Yes. That's why she's there. Yes. And also, I i mean, I was saying that maybe Willow's the one to break the street, but I guess now they're going to do it for Statlander. That's fine. Or I, I was getting the vibe that it was Athena. No, well, I thought originally it would be Athena, but now I can't, I can't see that now. Now it's just, oh, my goodness. That's so bad. And then, and then we follow that up, Chris, with a lovely, lovely segment with Thunderstorm, Britt Baker, and Jamie Hayter. Oh, what? these things are dreadful. They did Jeffrey, work. say what you will about Thunder Rosa promos. They certainly happen on a regular basis. Oh, and, and they certainly get interrupted by Britt Baker a lot, don't they? Yes. I just, I, God, what? We, we did this with Ruby and all of them before, <laughs> before these matches, and now we've gone right back to the well to do them again. Somebody who knows how to book women needs to take this over from, from these guys and book them as good as the men and book them with real stories and real angles. And think about this and not just, Oh yeah, it's 15 minutes before showtime. I forgot what I'm going to do for the women part of the show. Cause I've been too busy thinking about this clever angle for the 
Blackpool Combat Club. Look, right. No, I, uh, that was what I was going to finish off on, which is that the Blackpool Combat Club and Best Friends was really well thought out uh, that they, they actually did a number of interesting things. That, that might have been my favorite Best Friends match ever. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm with only- you. I, oh, I enjoyed it. I, I And I've normally down on the Best Friends, but I just like enjoyed Having Orange Cassidy squared off against Regal in the booth, having Chuck Taylor having doubts about going to war with Utah, but like Trent until he gets hit in the face. Yep, yep. It was, that was and then and then Trent good. having a man on. Trent having a man was great. Now, and, and, and even the part where they're both <laughs> double teaming Utah, I thought that was just like a really great moment. In like the, the things have changed between these two. I loved that, and I loved the story of of the match. There are two things, of course, that I don't like. And I'm going to get into those now. And you can tell me if I'm wrong and that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll have separate opinions. Number one, the double pile driver spot. And then Regal and, 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 uh, and Excalibur trying to explain that away. Now look, old school, Jeff, you do a pile driver on a guy, especially like on a floor or whatever, you know, in the ring, you're out for at least two weeks in Memphis on the floor. You're out for six months. You do two pile drivers in a row. You should not be kicking out of two pile drivers. I'm sorry. <laughs> we make stipulations matter again. Make killer moves like the brain buster and the pile driver, which used to be devastating, matter again. I hate yeah, it. No, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I, I think moves like that, that are like basically devastation moves, like a brain buster or a pile driver. No one should have them as a finisher, but the other rule in, in a promotion should be you cannot take two of them. That like essentially like a, a pile driver or a brain buster is something that legitimately could finish a match. Yes. The other thing, this is where I've gotten some heat in other neighborhoods when I say this. I am not a fan of Wheeler Yuta in the Blackpool Combat Club. And I'll tell you why. And I'll br- bring in the Ring of Honor match that he's going to have this weekend into it. Because yes, Daniel Garcia is a guy who should be in the Blackpool Combat Club. Wheeler Yuta. You're probably not a UFC fan, but I, I, I view the I view the corollary as Wheeler Yuta is Joe Lozon and and Garcia is Nick Diaz. He's one of the Diaz brothers. Diaz, I know who the Diaz brothers the are. The Diaz brothers, you know, have been in a fight. You know they've been street smart. You know they were raised tough. They've probably had a bit of a tough life. They are tough guys who bringing them into the gym will help correlate will help center their anger a bit. And make them a bit more uh, trainable, but yet you're never going to train those tigers. They're always going to have that bit of anger behind them. Joe Lozon, nice suburban guy. Here's how I view him in the in the corollary of Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta to me is that kid in school. He was in the gifted program. He you know he'd get A's in your algebra trigs, and he he was probably in the band. There was a video of him playing like a steel drum earlier or something like that. So he went to the band and then after, after band practice and before homework, he'd go to the gym. He'd go to like Eddie Bravo's jujitsu world or whatever. And he'd roll around and he hit the bag and it'd be to get his burn, burn some calories and things like that. But he was really, really good in the gym, but he was never tough. And you'd never think he'd use that in a fight at school. It's just, Hey, I'm going, I'm going to do my martial arts after school as well, because it helps me and helps me with the mental part of my academics and things like that. That is Wheeler Yuta in the Blackpool combat club with John Moxley and Brian Danielson. 
I don't view Wheeler Yuta as a guy who's getting an edge on him in any ways, character wise. And it's been a few weeks and he's had matches it's the like one blood and guts. Failure in this match, which is that Moxley should have pulled him aside at some point and, and said, him. yes, your job is to hate these guys now. These are not your best friends. These are your worst enemies. Get yes. them. Yeah, and Moxley was great here too. It's been, let me at him, let me at him, let me at him. <laughs> Getting thrown out while they go after Yuta. But yeah, Yuta to me does not fit in this group. And it, it, it and to me, it's it's on the, the club. It's on the club though to make him fit. That's always been the yes, storyline. Yes, here. everybody's going to tell me that that's the story. No, I, I, I'm saying on. that I'm saying that they need to do that. They have. Yes, they do need to do that. But do you think Wheeler Yuta has that kind of charisma in him where he can pull it off? Because I'm not sure he can, given his style and his demeanor from before. That takes a certain choice of learning a certain kind of personality. That takes a certain acting skill versus a certain athletic skill. And while he is very gifted athletically, he's never cut anything remotely re- resembling a good promo. It's like asking Ricochet to be a heel in some ways. I just I just have doubts. Wow, are you trying to say Ricochet's not a good promo? I'm saying Ricochet's not a good promo. That's wow. exactly what I'm that saying. Is, okay, Hawkins. Jeez, hot take. But I, li- but I love the match. I loved that match so much. So much so, I'm going to ask you, Chris, do we dare delve into anything WWE or do we end the show there? I mean, we, we, we touched on Raw. I mean, the one thing with WWE is you sort of wonder how many of these angles are going to go through dynamic shifts here over the next couple of weeks, right? Uh, I, I mean, I know they've got some of the SummerSlam cards set in stone here, but like the main event angle is a big question mark now. We're taping before SmackDown. SmackDown is going to be a very interesting program Chris, tonight. The best angle they have right now is Pat McAfee. Yep. And Pat and, McAfee's fantastic. He talks. He's very athletic. I'm real interested to see how an unchained Pat McAfee starts doing things on the microphone here in the next few weeks. Um, because he's not going to have Vince in his ear anymore. So now he's finally going to get to say stuff. And you know he likes saying stuff. And he's going to say stuff. I mean, look, that, we love, we, be love fun. we love Logan Paul after Mania, but this is some basic stuff they're doing with him and Miz. Uh, it's not really good. Uh, what other things crossed my mind that we haven't really brought up too much? Uh, Lacey Evans is now the Paul Orndorff, Paul White of the women's division. Back and forth heel turns, back and forth heel turns, back and forth heel turns, which is a shame. Uh, Liv Morgan. It, it felt like they had briefly found something with her. Yes. And, and they managed to just absolutely duff that on a world league level. I mean, Liv Morgan, right place, right time. But, you know, as a champ, isn't doing too much to me. I mean, Becky Lynch overpowers her because Becky Lynch has found herself in this heel Lady Gaga thing that she's doing every week where she gets more and more ridiculous every week and just eats up everybody else in any scene she's in. I still like her. I just, I just, I hate this gimmick so much, Chris, because I like her so much. I am really, I'm really hoping that performers will have a little bit more control over their characterization here because like yeah. Liv Morgan has an interesting life story and I yes. get the sense that she's a creative person. So that like, if she could actually kind of speak more in her own voice and if many of these performers could speak more in their own voice, I think that would be a big help. I mean, we're, I we're, really do. We're going back to the well with Usos and, and Street Profits again and again. 
and we refuse to turn the street prop. A lot of people are ending up. You you call Paul Orndorff. I'm thinking Lex Luger, like the Lex Luger, Luger Paul Orn zone. Yes. Yeah, that zone. But it's like, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if you're, we're never gonna let these guys win and get the big one. Let's just move on here. I mean, the special referee just screams some sort of effery in, in that match, and 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 either the either the street profits don't get a big win clean over the Usos because of some tomfoolery. Or the Usos kill the kill the Street Profits, and then we end up splitting them up. And you know that might be interesting in this new world, but we know how it would be if it wasn't. You know, Montez Ford comes out, each and every one of you, boo, you know that kind of thing. You know, and, and, and Dawkins would acquire a dancing gimmick of some sort. Yes, probably. I just yeah, uh, I got nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm NXT really hoping... was not worth talking about. For me. No, no, I like, like, I, I root for this thing to get reset so badly. Um, I, I like, l- let's get these people's names back. Let's make Gunther Walter again. Like, let's, let's yes. kind of, let's fix some things here. Let's fix some things, but I have my doubts because Daddy is still the big stockholder, and you know. We'll see about that. But yes, this has been Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Search for the super feed on all your podcasters or just our show on all your regular podcasters. Google, Spotify, Apple Music. Please give us a uh, a five-star rating because I haven't asked for ratings in a long time. I haven't even checked the ratings in a long time. That's how bad it is. Uh, but uh, we were also brought to you by HelloFresh. Once again, that code VOW16, Chris, or 14? I think it's VOW16. Thank to you. Get v-O- 16 free meals over seven boxes yes. and three gifts. Yes, and that food is absolutely fantastic. You will like it. Chris likes to go into uh, into uh, divisive topics like politics on a podcast he calls Don't Worry About the Government. He's going to plug it for you now. Yeah, that and music. So I'll be going on Andrew Rich's Music yes. of the Mat here. I am doing three. Po- I have done three podcasts in two days, basically. Uh, now, what's it, your what's your theme for the Andrew Rich show? Let's let's. We will be talking Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne stuff. Wow. So, yeah, I know. So I mean. We're, we're we're in the right wheelhouse here. I mean, and wrestling or just in general, and, and wrestling. So it's like theme songs so that Iron are Black Man, Sabbath. Yep, yep. Who else used it? You used uh, Sabbath and and Ozzy then? Okay, I, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't want to give away too much of Richard's okay. show here because I'd That's also have to dig up. I I'd have tell to me, dig tell up me when the, we go off the air. Yes, I'll okay. dig up the email when we get off the air here, and we can talk a little bit about it. Um, I did. Don't worry about the government here the other night. Um, that is up right now on Patreon. It'll be out on iTunes as well. So. Like, if you want to make it a Chris Novembrino triple shot, you can make it a three Nove weekend. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. You can go three to dog Patreon. Nove? Three Dog Nove. Go to patreon.com slash DWATG. Follow me at DWATG. And make sure to check out Andrew Rich's Music of the Mat, which you can find here on the podcasting or the VOW podcasting network, Voices of Wrestling. Lance, it cannot silence me. <laughs>